Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents, the Quaddy Potty. Big episode today. My name is Mitchell Cashmore, and finally, he's back, back from Melbourne, back from the big golf trip, joined by not William Cashmore, joined by our fellow regular host, Nick Highland. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Sorry to all our listeners last week. Um, pretty rough podcast, as, I, as I'm told. Didn't get a chance to listen to it, but definitely got a couple of messages saying, never bring that bloke back, so... I'm back and um, happy to be back. Week off, good week with the boys, golf trip, had some fun. Um, but yeah, back with uh, probably one of the biggest weeks, if not the biggest week of racing um, for the Spring Carnival. So it's very exciting. Yes, it is, mate. Uh, tell me, how did the golf go? Like, did you finish up in the top three, top four? Oh, look. Let's just say it wasn't a golf trip. There wasn't a lot of um, good golf played by by some of us. Um, I was definitely there for my my off field antics. Um, put it that way. Um, yeah, I carried the the off field golf trip, but on on the course, I was I was probably no good to be honest. So. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Well, despite the fact that you were in Melbourne and playing golf, did you manage to? Um keep uh updated with the way the racing was going on the day especially at randwick it was a bit rainy yeah our only day off from the golf trip was the saturday so um we're having a look i kind of stayed away from from randwick to be honest um because i didn't do too much form there and it was um the weather down in caulfield was a lot better so we're on there um for most of the day and we had a pretty good day in the end to be honest um i know you multied together all my group one tips as a place multi and it was paying just over 55 dollars i i think uh, except one got scra- scratched in the yeah, end so th- 35s in the end i think it was or just under 30 it was around 30 dollar mark yeah so we we won a couple hundred bucks off that um which is pretty nice so yeah it was pretty good pretty good day in the end so me and the boys watching it from home um but yeah it was it was all over and down in Caulfield, but not much going on in randwick yeah, we picked up, uh, I think it was three winners on the day out of the six races that ran at Randwick, uh, Will and I. He picked up a couple winners, so did I. It was, uh, you know, it was very, very wet racing. They shouldn't have gone ahead, in my opinion. I was out there on the track. It, you could see plain as day from the very first race. Just terrible. Just terrible for racing. Uh, has completely wrecked the outside of the track for this weekend. I reckon I'll get into that more in the track report. But, uh, yeah, more attention was on Melbourne, and especially when it was the Godolphin domination. Uh, Will and I touched on it last week if uh, Godolphin was going to have a day out, and boy, did he. Uh, I think it was four winners on the day, not quite five, uh, two of them being group ones back-to-back as well. He went three straight, Paul Lelly into Animo into Golden Mile. We multi that as well on Dabble for about $17. the reason why you should be following us on Dabble Punters, I'm pretty sure. About 30 different punters got on it and got up with us. But you said that you watched the race, so I want to hear your thoughts. Animo, how much of a freak is he? We thought that it was going to be Zaki's race, then it was on Thunderstruck looming up, and then Animo from the clouds. What were your thoughts? Yeah, just all the excitement of racing, and it was in that race, to be honest. Um, it looks like all Animo's spooks have, have gone away, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, just a great race. Zaki looked to... Really pressure alligator blood early, which shook alligator blood, and alligator blood did nothing in the end. I thought Zaki was going to get get home, 
Um, but yeah, down the outside, Animo and um, I'm Thunderstruck came down. So great race, um, great run by J Mac, of course. Um, yeah, that's racing. But um, yeah, definitely a horse that you have to put in your contentions no matter where, where it races, when it races. Animo's the real deal. Yeah, J-Mac, he had a day out as well, of course. He was on all three of those Godolphin runners that got up one, two, three. He's a bit of a freak. He won the uh, Might and Power, of course, on Animo. Then the um, Thousand Guineas on Golden Mile. Went to the Turak at the very next race, came second on Laura Indices, and he's just picked up today the Thousand Guineas on Madame Pomery. So in the last four Group 1s to go around, he's gone win-win, second win. So... That's just the uh, enigma of J-Mac, and he's probably going to have a massive day out at Randwick as well, which we will touch on in the tips. The tips are going to have a bit of a different structure today, uh, punters. You'll see that as we get through it. But, Nick, anything else to touch on before we get into it? Uh, nothing for me. All right, punters, before we get into it, of course, shout out to our good friends at Dabble. Yeah, as you guys probably know by now, um, we're on the, the Dabble bookie. Um, yeah. Social, uh, basically social media cross with bookmaking. It's very good. Think sports bet cross discord sort of thing. Uh, any bets that we mention on this podcast, it's a very unique system. Any bet goes out onto our social feed. You press copy bet and it goes straight into your uh, slip. So we build the multis. We do all the uh, research and you can just copy it straight into your slip and win with us just like we did on the weekend. Yeah, that's it. We had lots of multis on the weekend, lots of winners, um, and they're all on there. All you have to do is press one button and uh, bet slips in your account, put your stake on, and you'll be winning money with us. So join the 11,000 other punters that are following us at the Mock Sports on the Dabble app and start winning with us this racing season. Click the link in the show notes or when signing up, use the code the Mock Sports to let them know that we sent you. Yes, and also a brand new feature today. You can now watch Sky Racing on the app as well. You can watch the races and banter at the same time. That is big. Massive for Dabble as well. So get on there, Dabble, at the Mock Sports. Make sure to follow us. All right, mate. Big, big day of racing. We've got the Everest. We've got the Caulfield Cup. Later on, we'll go balls deep in both of those races. Uh, But for now, we go through the track report. Heavy eight at the moment at Randwick. Uh, it's a drying track as well. The rain has stayed away this week, uh, except the uh, the uh, weatherman says it's coming down on Friday. Not a lot, though, so I reckon most of the racing will be done on anywhere from soft seven to heavy nine, depending how much rain comes down on that Friday because it is supposed to be bright, sunny, and hot on Saturday. The weather gods are shining down upon us. But when it comes to the track itself, the rail is in the true position, and after last week, the rail was out eight metres and like I said, it absolutely chopped up that track. So I think any horse that's coming down um, the straight wider than eight metres will probably be dead in the water. I think it's going to take a very, very talented horse, maybe a Mars Crusader, maybe a Waterford. I don't know. There's a few back markers that could maybe get through that sort of ground, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of back markers getting up on the day because of um, that choppy track out there. They'll all have to try and stick towards the fence, which means there'll be a lot of uh, congestion, a lot of traffic going down that straight, which means it's probably going to be favouring those leaders off pace, probably front of the midfield types. going to be very hard to weave your way through the traffic or if you, know, if you want to be brave, go out wider than eight metres and try and run them down. It's going to be hard, but hopefully the day plays nice and fair and we see a good day's racing. Uh, but we move on. We get into race one at the 1,400-metre mark. 
Lon Rioli to be the only one who tries to push forward from the jump, but he is all the way in the car park. So like I said, the insult horses probably have an opportunity to block him off there. Um, and I think Parasail might be just one of those horses that does so. Uh, I think he pushes forward, tries to put the pressure on Lon Rioli, and then gets the chockies in the end. Talented-looking horse, outstanding track work and trials. Lost his debut when he just didn't have the fitness to go on with it, but he's second up here. He'll take fitness from that run. And uh, I do like the jump to 1,400 metres here because for those who don't know, he is the son of Astern. Astern was a champion Group 1 horse in its own right, won a Group 1 at the 1,400-metre mark. So clearly Parasail is bred to do this sort of distance, anywhere from about 1,200 to the mile. I reckon Parasail will be ripe for running. So... I think here, perfect draw in Barrier 5 as well. Like I mentioned, I think Barrier is going to be crucial with that inside track being king. So he's up to it. He's going to win, I reckon. $6.50 to win, $2.50 to place each way on Parasail to kick off Everest Day. Very nice, mate. Very nice. Uh, I'm going to keep it short and simple for the first here. I'm going to go with uh, Amadi, uh, $8.50 and $2.90 for a place. Uh, Natural Walla on board, um, seventh place last start. Behind arbitration, the winner by 3.6 lengths. Um, but two starts on heavy track, and it's had a win and a, and a second place. It's going to be a hard race um, this one, but it's a bit of a bit of a dart throw for me, to be honest. Um, I'm pretty throwing throwing stuff up in the air, so that'll be for me. So going to race two, the big dance at the 1600 meters. Steely is our favourite at five dollars fifty after the seventh place last start. Behind remark, great horse remark. Let me just touch on that, but um. Yeah, Cisco Bay, one we've we've followed pretty closely throughout its um, career. Uh, last year, obviously, in the spring, we were all over it, uh, backing it, but I think it's just past its point now and it's probably looking um, to get, get away from it. So um, I'm going to keep it pretty simple here. There's two horses that I really like, Wicklow, but like you said, mate, anything out too wide is, is not looking too well. So I'm going to go with Solar Apex here, another horse we've been looking at for a long time. Um, $8.50 for a win, $2.90 for a place. And I think forgive its last run. Came ninth, but it was only 2.7 meters, uh, sorry, 2.7 lengths um, off the off the win. So it was a pretty packed field. Um, before that, it's had a couple good runs. Um, but yeah, it's proven on all tracks. Um, if it gets down to that soft, which I don't think it will, it can run there as well. So Solar Apex for me in the second will be pretty nice. Yeah, lovely stuff, mate. Um, I was thinking Solar Apex as well. Like you said, you really took the um, thoughts out of my own head. Draws a strong barrier, will be right on the leader's tails, has the ability to run past them. But since you've covered him, I was tossing and turning between two horses, so I think I might jump on that second horse just to cover him and make sure that uh, we have a chance of bagging a winner here. And that's Kerwin's Lane. I know it's the top weight here, but Dylan Gibbons on board, that handy apprentice claim gets the rates right down still will be top weight but won't be top weight by over four kilos like um it looks on paper gets it all the way down the 60 and the very next uh weighted horse will probably be the 57 kilos for steely so it definitely gives the rest of the field a bit of a weight but i think the fifth barrier really strong there uh has some excellent form um only one length off the uh the finish in his last race, which was Surf Dancer, Old Flame, and Ellsberg. Critically, Ellsberg, of course, the very next start went on and won the Epsom Handicap. So I think Kerwin's Lane has amazing form to go off there. So I'll cover Kerwin's Lane in the second for us. And it was actually the Big Dance wild card. So the winner of this race goes into the Big Dance, not the actual Big Dance. That is Melbourne Cup Day 
Uh, race three, 1800 meters, gonna keep this one pretty short and sweet. Uh, Cascadian, I think all the things that could be said about this horse has been said on this podcast. Nick was able to get him on for the win last start. And he's just a consistent, consistent horse. Uh, he's the class horse in the race, and sometimes that's basically all you need is the class. He He's above this level. He runs around in group ones constantly and does very, very well. Absolutely spanked them last start. And he's a short at $1.70. He won't have my money betting-wise, but he tips himself, so I can't go past Cascadian. Yeah, it's pretty simple, this one. Cascadian should um, piss it in, to be honest. So. Uh, J-Mac with my tip for his first winner of the day. Um, I reckon he'll have a couple. So, yeah, Cascadian for me. Uh, keep it like that. Probably a multi-filler here or there. Uh, heading to race four at the 2,600 metres. Um, your favourite here is looking real nice. Uh, Cadre du Noir, however you, however you say it. Um, second place last start behind Grove Ferry and then a win before that. That was pretty nice. So I, I do remember watching that run. Um Stockman's another one I, I do like the look of. Um, fourth place last start behind No Compromise as well. Um, but I'm going to go purely based off, if I don't get on this and it wins, I'll kick myself. Sacramento, purely based off a name bet here, punters. Um, on our golf trip, we went to a, to a um, pub and it was called the Sacramento um, Hotel. And down on the Mornington Peninsula. So if you're ever down there, um, go down there. But, yeah, I'll kick myself if it doesn't get up after getting down there. So, um, yeah, pretty good success rate down there. So Fair enough. The Sacramento Hotel. Are you sure you're not thinking of the Sorrento Hotel? Because you're in that part of town. Yeah, no, it was definitely the Sorrento ho- Hotel. But um, <laughs> as the boys said to me, it is not the Sacramento Hotel, which I was calling it all weekend. Um, ah. But, yeah, I was calling it the Sacramento Hotel. So, um Name bet. Fair enough. If you're a one for omens, this uh, race is full of them, especially with the number eight horse, Chalk Stream. Uh, first start for this horse after the Queen, unfortunately, died a couple months back. Horse, it's now the King's horse. So if you omen betters out there, I'd be putting five bucks each way on Chalk Stream. I'll probably be doing that on the day. Um, I mean, the form doesn't really stack up to the likes of these, but... Gee, it would be a great story to see the Queen's horse get up first start after the untimely death. But Cadre du Noir just looks the horse to beat here in the 10th barrier, but with the uh, the distance of 2,600, should be able to make its way over and find that fence in the final um, stages. Uh, $2.60 is pretty short for such an open race, but super, super horse. He's done us very well every time we've backed him. Backed him three times for two wins in a second place, and that second place was only by 0.2 lengths to Grove Ferry, which Nick said was an outstanding run in itself. Extra 200 metres here to really dig in and get the job done. I think he's the strongest horse in the race. That's why I'm going to have to be with Cadre du Noir. As we move on to the Kosciuszko, usually we'd be touching on this in the tip-off, but no tip-off today as we're focusing more on the Everest and the Caulfield Cup. But, uh, gee... Last year was a bit cut and dry. We both went Art Cadeau straight away. It was the obvious horse in the um, race since we were on it basically every start and it got up for us. I remember last year, the Kosciuszko, as soon as it won, uh, we sprinted down the straight with it. Tommy Berry came back, was uh, getting the crowd up and about. We were down there on the fence shouting out to him and then I'm pretty sure you ended up with his goggles on the day, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I did. I'm pretty sure they were Arcado ridden goggles as well, which are currently sitting in my room. So, yeah. Fair enough. So Nick is in 
in, in his hands is the Art Cadeau Kosciuszko winning goggles from last year. But unfortunately, Art Cadeau doesn't have Tommy Berry on it this year because he's gone to Melbourne. He has completely forsaken his chance to ride in this race and the whole card because he's gone to Melbourne to ride in the Caulfield Cup instead, which we'll probably touch on later in the Caulfield Cup analysis as well. But no Tommy Berry, does that mean no Art Cadeau? What are your thoughts, Nick? Um, yeah, um, I don't know. It's... It's tough. It just hasn't been racing well lately at all. Um, and I think out of everyone, Tommy Berry knows that horse better than better than anyone. I know I follow him on the on the socials, and he's he's posting four AM stories riding Arkadell on the beach. So I don't know too many jockeys that go out of the way and do that very often. There's not too many. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm going to stay away from it personally. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like I know it's common practice for jockeys to get up and do their track work, of course, in the early hours of the morning, but not often do you see Tommy, uh, sorry, a jockey like Tommy Berry, like Nick said, drive all the way down to, I believe it's um, Shawhaven Heads. Yeah, all the way down there when he lives, he lives in Dural. Like, so he's going from Sydney City. So instead of going and doing his track work at the Rose Hills, like usual, driving all the way down there to make sure Art Cadeau gets his strong ones in, you don't see that very often. So I think I'm going to have to stay away from Art Cadeau as well. If it gets up, I'm going to kick myself. But Purely off that, no Tommy Berry. I think no Art Cadeau. Then we move to one that's uh, another one of our loyalty bets here. It's one of the reasons why we have black, gold, and white silks, and that's It's Me. Is the current favourite at the moment, $4.80, but Brett Kavanaugh has come out and said during the week it's pulled up lame. He says that she'll be ready to go. To be fair, last time she won the Kosciuszko, she did it with a cold, so she wasn't 100% that day either, and she still smashed them. Do you reckon it's me is able to get up even though it's not 100% here? Yeah, it's going to be my tip. Um, yeah, we love this horse. Um, I know I do. Um, J-Mac's flying right now as well. And um, I feel like it's just the right class where it can really succeed. If it was in the Everest, it, uh, it has no chance in my opinion. But against these horses, there's um, a couple in here that pretty average horses. So... I don't know. It's looking to me to be pretty good, pretty good bet for me. So it's me will be my tip: four dollars eighty and a dollar ninety-five. Hopefully that pushes to each way odds um, for the Kosciuszko. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Ah, uh, a toss and a turn with this one. I saw another one at twenty dollars, which is huge for a horse that won the country championships in uh, the autumn time. Of course, last year Art Cadeau was the one to do the country championships. Kosciuszko double. Another one is certainly a horse I think that has the ability to do it as well. So I would definitely respect a five dollar each way bet on another one there. Far too easy. Also, the horse that comes off a uh, narrow fourth placing to its me when its me bounced back for the first time when it was first up up in Queensland. Went on to its next start, far too easy, and spanked the competition. Now gets James Orman on board, um, who's been riding him up in Queensland. So the Queensland jockey comes down specifically to ride this horse. Big factor there, but I feel like It's Me is going to have to be my bet as well. We love it too much to stay away from it. Hopefully it runs up to 100% of its capabilities because its best wins here, plain and simple. Um, but if it is to get scratched with that lameness, that lameness, my tip will be far too easy. But as long as It's Me is ready to go, I'm ready to be on it. So It's Me for me in the Kosciuszko, as you can take us to the Sydney Stakes, mate. Yeah, race six at the 1,200, the Sydney Stakes uh, in the Congo and Kementari, our favourites at $5 at the moment and $2 for a place, both in each way odds. Pretty simple for me. Um, if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know who I'm on. Um, remark, 
ten dollars for the win, three dollars for three dollars twenty for a place. Sorry, two wins on the trot from this um from this prep last prep we were uh, sorry last start we were in the stands watching watching this race and um ran really well. So yeah, remarks looking pretty good for this one. Ten dollars for the win. Um, I'll probably go each way. Um, small stake, but yeah, get gets it done in my opinion. Um, yeah, remark. Yeah, fair enough, mate. This is an interesting one. Massive, massive field. And the Sydney Stakes, it's worth $2 million. This is basically Everest light punters. If you're not aware, this race is made up of all the horses that were sort of considered for Everest contention but didn't get a slot, which means also four of them have um, emergency slots in the Everest. So if any horses uh, get pulled out on Everest Day, these horses slot in. I believe that's Kementari in the Congo, Forbidden Love, and... I'm not quite sure who rounds out that list, but um, I think it might be Apache Chase, but I don't think any of them are pulling out on the day. So they'll be racing in this race here. And the reason that I'm going with this horse is because everyone thought it was going to be Godolphin's Everest pick, and that's Kementari. Probably deserved to be uh, the number one seed for the Everest pick because everyone thought it was going to be Paul Ailey. Paul Ailey got that eye injury in Melbourne after the big win. So, of course, Kementari goes up, but then ingratiating came from the clouds and stole that slot. Bit of a weird choice, but... If he was to be in the Everest, you'd think he should be winning this race against the likes of the uh, the Everest backups. So Nash on board, he knows this horse inside and out. $5 to win, $2 to place each way on Kem and Tari. For me, we skip race seven because, of course, that is the big one. That's the Everest that we'll be going through later. Uh, race eight, Silver Eagle. I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to be on, mate. So tell the punters. Um, yep. Race eight, Silver Eagle, 1,300. Um, going through it. Couple that I do like, um, but I do like the favourite here that I'm going to stay on, Mr. Mozart. I'm gone left field. I don't think he'll be on it, um, but yeah, uh, good horse. Second place, first up um, behind Kiku. Um, but yeah, look at looking at your face right now, mate. You're shocked. You're shocked. Well, I am shocked. That was not who I was talking about when I said uh, I know who you're going to be on because. Waterford, your almost favourite horse going around at the moment, not named Nature Strip, the one you've been giving massive raps, giving it full 10 out of 10s every time it runs, you've gone against it. Well, I'm on it. I reckon he gets the job done. Yeah, the 18th barrier really does scare me, but I think hopefully Huey is able to take the due diligence to push forward and slip him in, make sure he gets into that midfield slot and then weave his way through the competition. Maybe goes wide in the end or goes down the rail, but in a place where it's not too chopped up, I think he has the ability to get up despite the track conditions. Um, goes on and wins the Golden Eagle after this, I reckon. He's my tip for the Golden Eagle at the current stage. On him at over 30s in the futures market, so hopefully he gets up there. But, geez, big, big, big there that you didn't go on Waterford, but at least we've covered it. So Waterford for me and Mr. Mozart for you in the Silver Eagle. Uh, five Diamonds Prelude here in the ninth, 1500 metre mark. I'll keep this one pretty simple, punters. Uh, he made me look silly when I ruled him out of the Epsom, and then he ended up getting the Chockeys, and we felt good because we've been big fans of this horse all the way through its career, but felt pretty stupid for jumping off right before it wins its Group 1, and that's Ellsberg. Uh, should absolutely kick to the front here from that third barrier. Jump, kick, lead, go all the way with it. It's that simple sometimes, and I think Ellsberg does just that at $3.10. Yeah, almost got on it here, but I'm going to go with the other the other one that looks to be probably the Quinella here. Um, so I know we'll, we will have our Quinella on it. Um, Ayrton, black booking for me, uh, $4.20 for the win, $1.80 for a place. Uh, second place last, was it this week, sorry? Um, the week just gone, I think. Um, uh, behind, I wish I win one length 
behind that. So, yeah, that'll be my tip for the night as I take us to the last, the Furphy Angst Stakes at the 1600. Nice and simple for me. Uh, Polly Gray, great horse, loves the wet, absolutely loves it. Um, Was going to be on it last week, but obviously the scratching coming into it, um, sorry, not the scratching, the abandoning of of Randwick. has brought it to be first up for, for Everest Day. So, yeah, $3.90 for this horse. Um, that should really run it in. It's been running really well on the on the wet tracks. Um, I'm really liking it. Polygray for me in the last. Yeah, finishes off the card here this race. The Yank Stakes, of course, with Silver Eagle. Supposed to run last week but was uh, relocated to this week. I'll keep my tip from last week as well, and that's Ita. Uh, Market always underrates this horse. $19 to win, $4.80 to place. Last week I said that it loves the wet, unlike a lot of these horses. Probably won't be as wet it was going to be last week, but still we'll put in an honest effort. Had the best uh, sectionals last start despite it only coming seventh. Uh, I reckon... It gets up, honestly. I reckon at $19 and $4.80, value, value price there. We got it up at 20s a few weeks ago. Everyone was getting around us on that. So imagine if we do that again on Everest Day to finish out in the get-out stakes. So Ita for me in the last at Randwick. And Nick, before we head to our balls deep analysis of the Caulfield Cup and the Everest, going to throw a shout-out to something pretty special that we've got done and we're going to be doing over Melbourne Cup Week, and that's the Mock Sports Punters Club through our good friends at Punt Club. So the way it's going to work is Punters uh, works through Ladbrokes here. Um, you basically sign up for Punt Club. You buy in $20, $20 a share. There's up, You can buy up to 50 shares worth $1,000, and the club kitty is capped at $100,000. Yes, massive amounts of money there. Not sure if we'll get there, but it's a Cup Week Punters Club. We're going to be betting on Derby Day, Cup Day, Oaks Day and Stakes Day, as well as Golden Eagle, as well as uh, Five Diamonds Day. It's all going to be happening over 50 races to basically punt on throughout the week and almost 15 to 20 massive uh, Group 1s or Peter Volandi's big money races to attack. And the way it'll work is we'll put a survey out for those big races. You tell us what you want to be on, and we're going to be putting big bets, riding them as a community, and hopefully we get some up. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's a good opportunity to win win some money. So um, like like Cashy just said, um, we put on the bets for you, but in saying that, we're obviously going to take in everyone's consideration. So by all means, we'll send out some surveys, um, even send us some DMs on Instagram or whatever you want to do, and um, we'll be happy to put it in. But $20 buy-in is the minimum, and um, hopefully – um, we can win a lot of money come um, Melbourne Cup week. So it's pretty exciting. Um, so, yeah, the last buy-in is on Saturday, the 29th of October at 10 o'clock in the morning. So you've got plenty of time to get onto it. Um, just make sure you just don't miss out because um, it's a great opportunity to win some some free money. Yeah, I wouldn't say free money, mate, but definitely a good opportunity to get up during Cup week. Uh, like Nick said, 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time on Derby Day or Golden Eagle Day, whichever state you fall under. That's the 29th of October. Uh, Going to be some good fun. It's the People's Punters Club. Hopefully we're able to make a bit of money during the week. All right, mate. Time to go absolutely balls deep in the Everest and Caulfield Cup. Punters, if you were listening to the podcast uh, last year, you will know that we like to go balls deep runner by runner on all of the big four races. So that's in Melbourne, 
the Caulfield Cup, Cox Plate, and Melbourne Cup. And as much as the traditionalists probably hate it, we also touch on the Everest because we are a Sydney-based podcast. And Everest, as much as, like I said, traditionalists probably hate on it, is probably the biggest race in the country at the moment. Uh, I'm, I lean towards Melbourne Cup still being bigger, but Everest is talked about so highly. Everyone gets around it all year long. So we make sure to sort the pretenders from the contenders to make sure you know exactly who we think has a chance or should be thrown in the bin straight away. So should we start with the Everest, mate? Yeah, we'll start with the Everest. Uh, as we're recording this Caulfield Cup, um, the odds are not currently out, but hopefully they'll be out just as we get through um, the end of the Everest here. So we'll wait and see. Yes, it is getting drawn as we speak, I believe. So hopefully in the next few minutes it'll be up and we'll be able to run through it. But we'll go through the Everest. We'll go by horse order, even though it's probably running... The horse order is chances down, and it's probably going to get as lower chances the uh, lower the number of the cloth goes. We start with number one, Nature Strip, straight off the bat, mate. Pretender or contender? Yeah, this is the biggest. Pre- no, I'm kidding. This is the this is a genuine contender, and anyone that says a pretender is an absolute fool. Proved itself, ages like a fine red wine, um, running perfectly. That last run that I, that we saw is probably the the best run I've ever seen Nature Strip run, um, in my opinion. Just proved itself. Um, we were talking earlier off the podcast. Um, this horse doesn't need to lead anymore. Um, in the past, you'd get a bit worried if it was sitting back. I definitely was worried last start when it wasn't leading. Um, but it's really just found its groove and it kicked its way home. And um, J-Mac, like I said, is just on fire at the moment. Knows this horse um, as good as anyone. So, yeah, I, I just don't see um, how anyone can call Nature Strip a pretender after its last run, probably its best run of its career, if not the one overseas. What, what was that one called again? The King's Stand Stakes, I believe. Yeah, that, um, that was up there as well as a, as a really good run. So, yeah, Nature Strip's definitely a contender for me. Does the widest barrier scare you in the least? Like I said, um, it probably would come um, last year. Come last year, if it was the same track conditions, it probably would. But now it doesn't need to lead, doesn't need to push to the front and, and use its petrol. It can sit behind the leaders if it needs to and then kick home. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, in saying that, at the price, it's probably not wise to be dropping hundreds on it, thousands. It's probably not wise. However, it will be in a majority play in a lot of multis that I will be having. So. Yeah, 100%, mate. I think the wide barrier probably only gets us a higher price on the day. Uh, like we said, doesn't need to lead anymore. And also last year, one from out there, I'm pretty sure it was in barrier 11 or 10 last year anyway, and still got the job done. I just don't think it'll be a demolition job now. I, I thought if it drawed anywhere from one to five, that it was, he was probably winning by six lengths. But now probably just gets the job done uh, nice and clean. Doesn't have to be a demolition job. Uh, he's... A contender and, you know, honestly, probably the only true winning contender in the race. The way I've done my pretenders and contenders is basically the contenders for who's going to come second behind Nature Strip. I think he wins here. I think he gets the job done. I think there's going to be a massive roar from the crowd, uh, even louder than last year. It's going to be massive. I can't wait for it. The atmosphere is going to be absolutely popping as we see the red, blue, and yellow storm home and J-Mac to get up again. And I'm going to go for a big call here. I think uh, Nature Strip wins here, then goes to wherever he goes next, wins there, 
then comes back around next year and wins the Everest 2023. I reckon he stays undefeated that whole time as well. I reckon he finishes his career as the highest earning horse ever and finishes his career with three straight Everests. Big call. Of course, we have to see how this weekend goes first and see if he does go around again, but that's just my thoughts. Uh, but we move on, Eduardo. Contender or pretender, Nick? Um, yeah, contender. Um, this horse listed at $12 opening up, which I thought was ridiculous. It's the only horse that in the last, what, 12 months that's actually beaten Nature Strip. Only horse in the whole field that's beaten Nature Strip before. Yeah, so... Eduardo at twelve dollars when it first opened, I was like, "That's ridiculous." Um, it's definitely a contender for a, for a place, like you said. We probably go off our form for pretenders or contenders from here after Nature's Trip because it will, will be both our tips. No surprises there, yeah. but um, it's going to be for a place. So I, d- I definitely think Eduardo's a contender for a place. Um, although its last start, it did slip behind fourth place in its last run, but it it wasn't too far behind. It didn't look too bad, but um. Yeah, definitely contender at $8.50. What do you have to say, mate? Yeah, you're right, mate. That last start fourth was only 1.7 lengths off of him. He wasn't too shabby. He just uh, didn't rock up on the day, but we all know what Eduardo can do when he rocks up ready to rock. I think he's out there in Barrier 9. He'll saunter across and probably get the lead with Nature Strip as well. I think the inside horses probably put the pressure on the inside uh, barriers, but I don't think they're going to have the engines to match with Eduardo and Nature Strip come the final uh, sprint. So I think Nature Strip and Eduardo will make their way across and get to the prime positions going around the bend. I don't think that they're going to be completely blocked off, but Eduardo, definitely a contender for the most part. I think you'd be having a lot of people who have the Quinella on. We move on to an interesting one here, Lost and Running. It's second favorite in the market. Uh, I'm going to say contender. Main danger to Nature Strip in my mind because of the draw. He gets barrier seven. He's, that's a ripe barrier to have in this race. Nice middle of the pack. He'll be able to dictate where he settles. He can go forward if he wants. He can sit off the pace or even in the midfield. It's all up to Huey Bowman here. Um, he's just like Nature Strip and Eduardo in the fact that he gets better with age. Age like a fine wine, and we've seen that in his two runs so far this prep. He's going really, really strong. He's ticking along nicely. Uh, I don't think he has the engine to match it with the best of them though so winner i don't think so like of course i think nature is going to win but contender definitely i think massive contender but doesn't have the engine to match it with nature strip if nature strip ends up nose to nose with him come the finish what are your thoughts yeah sorry was this for lost and running was yes. yes lost and running um great run last start i thought um where was it it won by yeah, I'm sorry, 0.2 lengths. It was close, but um, it looked pretty dominant. And I know a couple of the boys, Cooper and Monty, if you're listening out there, um, good boys. Um, they had a free tab promotion. Um, they get $20 for free, no stake if Lost and Running yep. had won. And they collected it from the bookies and looked them in the eyes and robbed them. Um, pretty sure Cooper even asked for a rubber band to hold his $20 note. Um, but yeah, let's that lost and running. It's probably a contender. Um, I think seven dollars fifty is probably a, a decent price for it. Um, however, like like we've been through already. Um, but yeah, lost and running, uh, contender. I'll keep it like that. Mars Crusader, very very good one to touch on here. Um, the the camp has come out and said it wins on Saturday. Big call. Big call. Massive call. Ran. Almost perfectly last start, and it, it gave me glimpses of 2021 Everest. Um, first run, it's done that in, since that race, in my opinion. 
Um, it will probably be, be the only other horse in the race that I will probably put some money on just in case. Mask Crusader, if it, like I've said it many times, if it wins, we're in for something very, very fucking special. Put it that way. Oh, it's just gone down. $14 and $3.50 as we speak. They've heard me. They heard me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, definite contender. Um, it's going to be my Quinella with Nature Strip. Fair enough. Big call there, mate. Um, pretender for me. I'm sorry, but the horse just never seems to get the right run. Misses the start. Gets stuck in traffic. Pushes the button too late. It's always some sort of excuse with this horse. He's always coming up short. Just last start, he looked primed for a big run. Thought we were coming home like the uh, 2021 uh, Everest, but fell short. You know, he gets an extra 100 metres here to really dig in. And like you said, if he does get up, it would be very special to see him flash from the back. But like I've said, the, the track is no good out wide, I don't think. And he's in the 10th barrier. He's a back marker anyway. So he's going to get right to the back of the field here. And they will bunch up on the fence. He won't get a run through the fence. So he's either going to have to weave all his way around them or he's going to have to go to the outside and run them down, which I just don't think he's going to be able to do. I think he definitely has the motor to run that sort of distance, the start that they're going to get, but I don't think he's got the chops to be able to go through that chopped up track. I just don't think he can do it. Pretender. Wow. So you don't... So in the last two runs... In my opinion, and when I say the last two runs, I go off its last start and then obviously the 2020 Everest. That's the two um, races I'm going off for the form. Um, are you saying that in those two races that the field didn't split itself and it went through the middle anyway? I, I don't think it's going to set it back that much. It's not. It's the type of horse that kicks in the last three, 400 metres where it doesn't need to start weaving its way through people early. It can set itself back down the back sit itself there until the 400-meter mark, and then the, the field splits up by itself. If, if there's no traffic in front of him, if it splits off nicely like it has in the past, I, I just think it, it has a chance to run through. Do you not agree with that, or do you disagree? I don't not agree with that. If he gets a clean run to the line, gee, like you said, it'll be special to see him flashing through. But I just honestly don't think he'll get clear in time. I think he only gets clear probably around the 200-meter mark, and that's quite a short amount of time to get that turn of foot in. Yes, we know he can do it. I just don't think he will on the day. I think Nature Strip will outrun him. And as we speak, Nature Strip has gone up to $2.10 in the market. So bit of something there. It's gone up from $1.80 to $2.10 just in the last hour. So something to monitor there. Uh, Marzu, uh, I was all over this bloke before the barrier draw. He's the next big sprinter in my mind in Australia. However, he just still needs to go. He's still a bit young. I believe he is only... Uh, four years old, still a bit of a small horse. He's going to get better with age, I reckon. He's in the Everest th next year as well. He's already locked in. He he has a slot before anyone else. So this is basically a warm-up for next year. I think come back next year, Mazu is ready and ripe for the taking. But if he was in barriers one to five, I th think he's in it up to his neck. He would probably put the pressure on him, make sure to block off Nature Strip and Eduardo. But I think Nature Strip crosses him there. He's in 11th barrier here, Mazu. He won't be able to match it with Nature Strip to start with. So probably I reckon Nature Strip completely cuts him off from getting that lead, which he, I reckon he needs. Um, he, and he just doesn't have the engine to run Nature Strip down. I think if, Nature, if he was blocking off Nature Strip, he would maybe be able to hold him out. But if he ends up behind Nature Strip, no chance, I reckon. So Mazu, pretender. Yeah, great. Um, great horse. It's going to be a great to watch in the next coming years, but for this one, just out of the question. So, yeah, we'll go to Private Eye. Great run last week um, with the win. It was always winning, in my opinion. We, we put a bit of money on it on race day as well. 
good win for us. Um, yeah, we've been all over this horse a little bit. Um, good in the wet. Um, so th- there's that. And I wouldn't mind an each way play on it. But for sakes, I can't tip every horse in this race. So it's going to be a pretender for me. Um, yeah, just not too much to say. I think that the the top three or four horses in this race are just a little bit better than this horse. Um, it's it's really good um, at different distances, but I feel like it looks for a, just a little bit too a little bit longer, in my opinion. Um, I think twelve hundred meters just isn't long enough for it. But yeah, can definitely um, squash some some prize money. Yeah, I agree with you in the sense that he is better over longer distance. Of course, he's won a Group 1 over the mile, I think, and he's also raced at 2,000 metres as well, and now he's all the way back to an Everest. It's pretty weird, but I'm going to say each way contender. Not a win contender because I think he finds the 1,200 too short, but I think he'll flush home late. He's got an engine built for longer compared to a lot of these that are just going to be running out of their steam come the end. So I think he is going to flash home late, maybe grab third, maybe grab second. I'll definitely be having him in my top four exotics. You'd be silly to leave him out. But yeah, I just don't think that he's going to match it with, of course, Nature Strip and Eduardo over the 1,200. They're, they're bred for that. Private Eye is not. So I'm going to have to say Pretender for Private Eye. Now this is where it starts to get less and less more likely because these are all the ones that came in late. Um, Private Eye, of course, was the very last one, but... The first five were set for a long time, and then the rest of these just sort of came in as they went. So overpass, uh, for me, really good horse, can get it done on its day, but I think here, again, probably top four chance at best. Another one that I'd probably want come back next year if he gets a slot with Marzu. He's also four. Uh, Rachel King on board. Gee, I'd love her to win. It'd be really good to see. She's the only female to ever ride in the Everest, let alone win one. But, yeah, pretender in my mind. Come back next year for overpass. Yeah, pretender. No chance in this one. Um, ingratiating, same here. Um, uh, to be honest, I'm just going to go through them because I don't have much to say. I don't know how much you have to say. Um, ingratiating, not much there either. Godolphin spot, I think it's wasted here. Um, yeah, no, not even an each way play. Pretender. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'll keep it pretty simple for the rest of them as well. There's only one left that I can say is wholeheartedly a contender. Uh, ingratiating, wasted the Godolphin pick. They wasted it last year. They've done it again this year. Uh, Paul Laley, come on, hard done by. Yeah, it had its eye damaged last week, but they said they'd be able to go up, back up. They sided against it. Even Kevin Tara would have been a much better choice. Uh, so, yeah, I reckon ingratiating is going to be much of a factor in here. Maybe just get some prize money by finishing top six, but it won't be winning. Joyful Fortune, bit of an enigma in my mind. It's $71, the Hong Kong horse. Yeah, it's only had uh, three wins from eight starts in its career. And it's like I said, he's an enigma. He draws the inside barrier. He's probably one that could put the pace on and uh, put some pressure on Nagership if, you know, if Tom Sherry wants to. Geez, it would be massive if Tom Sherry on a Hong Kong invader gets up in the Everest for Mark Newnham. It'd be a massive story coming out of it, but I reckon another one that I'll be in the top four exotics, not winning, Pretender. Yeah, Pretender, nothing there. Um, Shades of Rose, Pretender, great horse. Um, Not for this one, though. Too good of a field. Yeah, too good of a field here for Shades of Rose. I reckon she would probably be my top tip for the Sydney Stakes if she was there. Um, I'm personally going to put stuff on the, uh, I'm probably put five bucks on the Quinella with Nature Strip. I reckon, you know, she in the uh, the eighth barrier, 
She's the only girl in the race as well, only mare. I reckon, you know, maybe if Karen McAvoy decides to really push forward like this horse can and put the pressure on Nature Strip, maybe it gets there. Won't outrun Nature Strip, but could fall away as Nature Strip takes over it. And at $51 could be a value for the uh, Quinella, but Pretender, again, come back next year. Yeah, I just don't think it has enough distance. Um, needs a, probably 14, 1,500 metres for, for Shades of Rose. That's going to be my opinion. It's just 1,200 metres unproven at the distance, right? What are you talking about? It's 1-3 three from 3 at this distance. Are you thinking of a different horse? Oh, sorry, it's track and distance. Never mind. I'm going, I'm going crazy here. All right, never mind. Uh, next one, Jackano, contender. Yeah. $10. Um, great horse. Wow. Where's this come from? From the clouds, mate. From the clouds. Yeah, it's giving me um, it's giving me the what's his name, vibes from last year. The from last year's Everest or last year's Melbourne Cup. Second last year's Melbourne Cup. Incentivise. Give me incentivise. Incentivise vibes out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, last start absolutely smashed it. Um, one behind in front of In Secret. Great horse. We've got a lot of form on In Secret that we we've read into. Um, but yeah. Look, it's it's looking good. Um, it's it's going to be a contender for me. It's going to be um, in my exotics for a trifecta. That's for sure. Hundred percent. Here, he is the only other horse that I'll be playing with the Quinella. Like I said, I'll be doing Nature Strip Shades of Rose. Might look silly with the Shades of Rose one, but I don't think I'm going to look silly with Jackano. Uh, from the clouds, absolutely dominated the Golden Rose. Even though no one really um, had it, I know my girlfriend was the only one that I knew that had Jackano um, money on it. Um, so yeah, it goes the distance. It has an engine like a horse far beyond its years, I reckon. So I reckon he's in it up to his neck. 53 kilos, Damien Lane on board. Damien Lane comes up from Melbourne specifically, ride this horse. Definite contender will be one for my Quinellas, uh, trifectas and first fours. Definitely. If it beats Nature Strip, we've got our next superstar on our hands, plain and simple. And then finally, Giga Kick. Couldn't win the Everest if the uh, race started right now. I reckon this is the shittest. Uh, pick. I hope egg doesn't fall on me and it gets up, but no. No, 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 no. It shouldn't be at $21. This is putrid in my mind. Couldn't win if they started now. Pretender. Yeah, pretender. Wouldn't go that far and tell the horse it's fucked. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not a chance. But, yeah, and then we go through the rest of the field, the emergencies. They weren't even going to start. They weren't even going to sniff. If you pull your horse out of this race... Something wrong with you. So it'd have to be something very wrong with the horses on the day for them to scratch from the Everest. Hundred percent. So um, that is the end of the the Everest field. Yeah. Um, so we've got Nature Strip, of course, as the main contender. We've agreed Eduardo is a contender. Lost and running. Uh, did you say pretender or contender? I said contender. I think I said pretender. Mars Crusader. I was pretender. You were contender. Correct. Marzu is a pretender in our eyes. Yep. Private Eyes a pretender in our eyes, but he's probably a good uh, Quinella exotic play. Yep. Uh, Overpass pretender, ingratiating pretender, joyful fortune pretender, shades of rose pretender, but probably put it in your exotics just in case. Jackano contender and Giga Kick pretender. Very nice, and that's going through that. And we have a look at Caulfield now. The field is still not out. Um, I reckon uh, we'll come we'll come back after a short break. Of course, it won't be a break for you punters, but we'll be back in just a second to go through the. All right, mate, we're back. The field is out. The barriers have been drawn. So let's go through it, mate. We'll start with the number one horse, Gold Trip. 
A uh, bit of an interesting one, this, uh, this horse uh, was all the rage coming into Australia. I had it as one of my tips of the Cox Plate last year. Didn't end up running, got scratched. Then when it started running around Australia, looked pretty good. Still hasn't gotten its win. And it's raced against much easier fields than this and still hasn't won. So I'm going to go straight off the bat, gold trip, pretender. I think if it wasn't winning or even putting in a good run in the Turnbull, shouldn't be winning a Caulfield Cup. So gold trip, pretender for me to start off with. Yeah, uh, I think it's a pretender as well. Um, it's had a lot of jockey changes coming through it. Um, yeah, gold trip for me is a pretender. I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Number two, Juas, um, contender for me. I like the like the way this horse goes about it. Um, would have put some money on it for the for the Melbourne Cup if I got on it early enough for the futures market. But I'm probably just going to wait and see how it pans out when they when they announce the field and and stuff like that. So yeah, Juas, uh, contender. Yeah, Juas a contender for me as well. Uh, my dad, old Matty Cashmore, he's been all over this horse uh, all year. He's like, yeah. Dewars for the core field, it's on, it's going to win. Uh, I'm not going with it personally as my tip. I reckon I'm going to put it as probably my second tip in order, but Dewars, certainly a contender. Uh, put in a very disappointing run, but I mean, this is the run we've been waiting for. It gets out to its 2,400. No excuses here if it doesn't run well here, but it's going to have to be a contender until it proves otherwise. We move into Knight's order. Out in the 18th barrier, but with such a long race and its tendency to lead, Timmy Clark gone down just to ride this horse. He's forsaking riding the Everest as well, which is pretty big. Uh, he loves a leader, Timmy Clark, and he loves working with Waterhouse and Bot. He's in it up to his neck, this bloke. Uh, I reckon he gets kicks to the front, maybe holds them all out when it gets into that sit and sprint type race come the final 400 metres. Uh, I reckon he's going to definitely be in the finish. You'd have him in all your exotics, definite contender. Yeah, contender. Tender. Um, also, my tip for the race, I'll uh, put it out there right now. Night's all up. My tip for the Caulfield Cup at $14.40 for a place. Um, really like it. It's one. Um, it's, it's win first up this year was was very nice. Um, like you said, a leader's, leader's run. So with the wet track as well down in Caulfield, I think that a wet track will suit um, a leader's day and um, will suit very nicely. Head to Montefilia. Uh, another contender for me, in my opinion. Um, $18 for a win and $5 for a place. Um, Colette on board. Um, fourth and third and it's two starts this prep. It's been looking pretty nice. Probably just hasn't had that decent of a run where it's um, where it would be a, probably a, a shorter price. It's probably sitting at the, the right price, but I reckon it's a different, definite sorry, contender for me. Yeah, contender for me as well. The wet track won't uh, hamper it anymore. It absolutely swims. We'll do the distance, we know that for sure. Um, bit of an interesting one. I, I don't have it as my top tip. I'm definitely going to have it in my exotics, but definitely a contender is Montefilia. You know, any horse that beats Very Elegant is a uh, respected horse in my mind. So Montefilia, a definite contender here. Would not be shocked at one bit if it gets up. Uh, we head into Numerian, contender. It's gone second, second after a pair of wins as well in the uh, Winter Carnival up in Brisbane. It's come second to Cascadian uh, last start. Also came second to Night's Order on that day that Night's Order led all the way. Really good late there, making up 1.3 lengths in the end. And this is the whole reason why Tommy Berry has skipped the Everest. We touched on it earlier. Tommy Berry, Sydney's probably second best jockey 
decides to not race in the Everest, forgoes the Everest, because nobody booked him for some strange reason, but he's foregone riding on, uh, riding on the richest day in Australian racing just to come down and try and win a Caulfield Cup because Annabelle Nation was all over him. They said, Numerian, come down, get it done. Hit and run for Tommy Berry here. Massive contender. He's in it up to his ears. I reckon he'll definitely be in the finish. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's no there's no reason why he would come down here for a bad horse. That's in my opinion. He's got his head screwed on the right way. Got a lot of respect for Thomas Berry. Um, probably get him on the podcast one day. I know, we have, I know we have some plans for that in the future, so we'll have a look into that. Um, contender. Nonconformist. Pretender. Here we go. Big call of the race. Pretender. Nonconformist. I just... Nothing, nothing about this horse gets me going. Look at its prep this 8th, 7th, 6th, 7th, nothing. Get out of the way, nonconformist, because you're going to get lapped. Your shit. Ooh. Get the fuck out of the course of cup. Oh, jeez, that's very harsh. Very harsh on nonconformist. Basically, my same reaction to Giga Kick. You know, I have to tell you to calm down this time. Um, honestly, nonconformist... Uh, I'm going to be with it. It's my tip for the race. I know that it just seems like a bit of an anomaly, uh, but it's just got such good form, doesn't it? This race last year, second to incentivize. Race before that, second to Probabil by just a whisker and beat Zaki home. Race before that, beat Delphi, and Delphi, of course, uh, was very good in last year's Melbourne Cup. Um, you know, this prep, like you said, it's been average, but... He's gone 1,400, 1,600, 1,800, 2,000, all distances. That is not his grand final. This is his grand final. He has been set for the Caulfield Cup. 2,400 is his bread and butter. Um, We look at the distance. He's done it twice, and he's come narrow seconds both times, like I discussed. He is built for it. He will go on the wet. He will go on the dry. Childs knows him inside and out. 15th barrier, worries me a little bit, but he'll be strong late. $9.50 to win, $3.30 to place. Probably a little shorter than I'd like for such an open race, but non-conformist is my way to go. Vow and declare. Contender in my mind. I know that it's been a lot of contenders so far, but Vow and declare is a horse that's a bit of a mystery. Super. Was super in the Melbourne Cup a few weeks, um, a few weeks, a few years back. Pretty sure it's a Melbourne Cup winner, if I'm Correct. being mistaken. Correct. Yeah, I, I thought so. But, you know, we are young. We weren't 18 then. We weren't in the punting. But I, my memory serves me correct. Vow and Declare was a Melbourne Cup winner, and it did nothing afterwards. But now it's back. It's been running it's super. Back. It is back. We're a contender for you as well? No, pretender. Oh. I don't, I, I don't think it gets it done. Don't know how it's been listed at $21. Um, again, hasn't done too much since that Melbourne Cup. Um who knows? If it wins, it's definitely going to be down price for the Melbourne Cup. I guarantee you that. So we'll have a look into it. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a pretender for me. Is there anything else you want to add for Val and Declare? No, except I think it's a contender. I reckon you definitely have him in all of your exotics. As we go to no compromise, mate, what are your thoughts? Pretender. No chance. Uh, don't like it. Um, I'm going to keep it like that. Fair enough. Uh, winner of the Metropolitan. Uh, got to respect it off of that. So we know it goes the distance. But that was on an absolute bog of a track down there in Sydney. Gets here. The wet will help it. The fact that it's going to be wet in Melbourne is the only reason why you could probably say it's a contender. Um, but to be fair, Tommy Berry jumps off board here. 
this was one of the horses that he was maybe going to go down for, but he picked New Marion over it. So I'm going to stick with Barry and his confidence levels. So it only gets Craig Newitt on here, which is a good jockey in his own right, but not good enough to get a Caulfield Cup, I don't think. So Pretender on no compromise. Would love to see him win, but Pretender. We go to Allegron, the all-blue James Cummings Godolphin show. Dominated last week. Don't think he'll dominate here. Pretender for Allegron. We know he'll stay the distance, that's for sure. But... Just don't think he gets it done here. He's had a win at 1,400, a win at 2,000, a win at 2,800, uh, and coming off a win in its own right. But that was against an uh, easier field. This is a lot harder here. He's out in the 14th barrier. I don't think he's going to get the run of the race. I reckon he'll get blocked off, not get a clean run of the line. Pretender for Allegron. Yeah, Pretender. Nothing there. Um, go to the next. Benno. Pretender. I'm going to go there. Uh, a bit short for me. Um, not, not too much of a fan. Um, keep it pretty simple. Yeah, pretender for me as well. There's all the chance in the world that he comes out here and makes us look silly because he's got talent. But if he wants to be winning this race, he needed to have gotten a win this prep so far. He has gone against the easiest of easiest fields compared to here, except for, of course, that time that he was going against um, Animo last week. He only came sixth last week. He's on the week backup. Usually I like that, but couldn't beat Allegron. Allegron was a pretender, so couldn't beat Knight's Order again on the day. And yeah. Benno, pretender, even though he's at $9.50, I reckon he's unders. Great house. Interested to hear your thoughts, mate. You're thinking that he's maybe a good Melbourne Cup chance. Not in the Melbourne Cup currently because he is not in it for the uh, order of entry. Needs a strong run here to make sure he gets into that field. Do you reckon he gets it? Because I reckon he is a contender here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Contender, my tip for the Cup. Um, really hope it runs well because if it doesn't, like you said, it won't be in the Cup. So, um, yeah. I'd like it to, to get something done. Brett Pebble's a, a talented jockey, um, contender for me. Inspirational girl, another contender. Um, has a chance here. Um, almost my tip, uh, $13 to win $4.20. Um, done it time and time again. Um, just looking for third up here. Pekin, um, inspirational girls, definite contender in my eyes. Yeah, I'm going to go pretender. I reckon you'd have it in your exotics, nothing more. I think it might get uh, shuffled back from the first barrier. I reckon the thir- first barrier is not where you want to be in this sort of race. I think we get shuffled back, caught up in the uh, the pack, but it is wet and it can go on wet. It can go on any conditions, really. Uh, talented horse, but, I mean, if it can't beat Smoke and Romans, it came seventh last start where a lot of these horses come from, so I don't think it'll be turning the tables, plain and simple. Um, maximal. Pretender for me. I know that it came a very good second flushing home late behind Smoke and Romans, but again, you'd think it probably can't turn the tables. I think that might be a little bit of a fluke. I don't know. Strong, strong run, but doesn't really love wet tracks, and it gets it here. Last time was, of course, on the uh, on the good track, so now it's going to be very, very hard to get it done in the wet, um, especially out in that 19th barrier. I reckon doesn't really get its run to the line. How about you, Nick? Yeah, Pretender. Um, we go to Sound. Pretender. Yeah, not much to say. It's at 100 to 1 for a reason. How about Chapada, mate? Nah, nothing for me as well. Yeah, Pretender. We go Crystal Pegasus. I think probably the roughie in the race. I always have a lot of time for it. At $61, though, but it's going to be wet. If this was a good track, I would absolutely be on it. Loves the soft. If we get to a soft six, maybe it uh, runs top four, top six, but honestly, I'm going to have to probably put a pen through it. I uh, had it for in the Sydney Cup, and that was a lot easier, and it didn't really fire. I think if it gets too heavy, which it might be, no Crystal Pegasus for me. Yeah, pretender, no chance. Uh, Smoking Romans contender, um, good horse. Jamie Carr on board, uh, very hot jockey. Um, in two different 
two different puns there. She's a yeah, she's definitely a hot jockey, that's for sure. Um, also, I was at the just a little quick side story at the St Andrews Brewery down in down in Melbourne. Um, they had the the send track there. Okay. Yep, um, and I missed Jamie Carr by about five minutes. Oh, yeah. How, yeah, however, I did comment on Centrac's double um, yeah. after a couple of beers that on one of the tips that they did that they did saying you guys have no followers. So don't know what that means. No one answered me, but yeah, stuff them. Oh well, oh well, Centrac, no followers on double. We've got more than you, eleven thousand more than you. All right, shots fired. Um, Smoking Romans, I'm going to go big here. Uh, Pretender, how the hell is this horse at four dollars sixty? Yeah, it's coming off the rim. Um, whoop de doo Like, you know, of course, you know, it's pretty big coming off that group one win. Flew one by uh, 1.5 lengths and drops off four kilos from that. You know, gets a deck that probably goes well on fifth barrier. All signs pointing to positive. So call me crazy, but I just think that run was, didn't really rate up to as much as it did. The fact that it, it firmed. From like hundred to one into four dollars was ridiculous for this race. And the fact that it's still at four dollars sixty, I'd want it at about eight dollars, nine dollars. And it firmed in the cup as well. I just think the punters had the hot hands and got a bit too crazy. I mean, yeah, every, all signs point to a good run, but I don't think it's winning. So I'm going to make a big call and say Smoking Romans, Pretender, uh, Charlie Rose, eighty-one dollars. I was all over this horse last year, but it's really done nothing since. So I'm not sure what to think of it. Uh, I'm going to have to say Pretender here. Yeah, pretender for Charlie Rose, nothing for me. Um, next one. Got the emergencies. Two emergencies, both both no chance, in my opinion. Nah, what do you got, anything? Uh, I'd say Durston maybe. Uh, maybe is the key uh, word there. As it's wet in Caulfield, as we touched, so there might be a chance of uh, some horses getting scratched. This horse, very, very talented in its own right. Uh, failed to fire on the absolute bog that was Randwick that day for the Metropolitan. But I don't think it'll be that heavy on um, Saturday come Caulfield. Uh, so I'm going to not say contender for Durston, but definitely has a chance to be in the finish, I think. Very talented horse, hence why it's at $21, even though it is uh, emergency. And Macram, yeah, uh, pretender for me. If Macram gets in the field, I don't think it'll be figuring. So go through your tip one more time, mate. Remind us who you're on. Knight's order. Yeah, lovely stuff, and I'm going to be riding non-conformist. If you had to go top four, what do you reckon? Um, I'm going to go top four here, Knight's Order, Duas, um, Numerian, and then the favourite as well. So Roman, whatever that is. Smoking Romans, yeah, fair enough. Uh, if I had a top four, I'm going non-conformist, Numerian, Montefilia, Knight's Order, I think. I'm brave to leave Vow and Declare and Duas out of that, but I think horses three to six, I'm all over them. I think that they've got big, big chances in this race. Uh, we missed our top fours for uh, Everest, but we won't backtrack. We'll put them up on at the Mock Sports Instagram. And that's balls deep in the Everest and the Caulfield Cup. We've still got the Cox Plate and Melbourne Cup to come, and we're very, very keen to get stuck into them in a few weeks' time. But only thing left now, mate, we've ditched uh, around the grounds. We're getting straight into the quaddy uh, at Randwick. Race 7 in the Everest. We've made sure to cover all bases here. Nature Strip, Eduardo, Mask Crusader, Jacquino, like we said, Nature Strip is probably the only horse that you can consider going one out in the quaddy, but we've played it safe here. Race 8, we've gone Waterford, Mr. Mozart, Espiona, and Brigantine. 
Yeah, race nine, we go on Ellsberg and Ayrton, which I'd say are the two that you could probably leave in there if you want to go shorter. And then we've also got Laudamore and a tissue as well. And then race 10, Ida, uh, Polly Gray, Grayson Harmony and Hope in Your Heart and 50 bucks gets you 19.25%. Yeah, lovely stuff, mate. If you go shorter, of course, you'll get a much higher percent, especially going one out in the quarter with Nature Strip and two out with Ellsberg and Ayrton. But we've made sure to cover all bases to hopefully snag a quaddy. And other than that, mate, time to sign off, I think. Uh, anything else to say to the punters? Um, nothing else from me. Um, big, big weekend, so stake your bets accordingly. Um, yeah, big days, so good luck. Yeah, massive day. Uh, make sure to keep your eyes on our socials at The Mock Sports on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. We'll be all over it. We'll be bringing you content trackside from Everest Day, making sure to bring you the best updates for the race day. So make sure to get on board there. And so that has been the Quaddy Potty this week. And as Nick said, make sure to gamble responsibly. We'll see you next week, punters. Yep. Oh, Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the-